This is the Everything EV Podcast by EV Powered. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Everything EV Podcast, the podcast dedicated to everything electric. I'm your host, Charlie Atkinson, and in these episodes, we'll be discussing everything to do with electric travel. So whether it be cars, bikes, boats, or even planes, we'll have it covered. We'll also be speaking to people from within the industry to get their views on the EV space, as well as other features such as electric car reviews, electric motorsport coverage, and much, much more along the way. This podcast is available on all streaming platforms, so be sure to subscribe to wherever you get your podcast from to receive every single episode as soon as it's released. And please do go back and check out all our other episodes too. Today, we're joined by Emma Gilmore, one half of McLaren Racing's Extreme E team. After stepping in last season for a couple of races, Emma is now embarking on her first full season in the series, representing McLaren in its very first campaign in Extreme E. Emma is here today to talk about her time in Extreme E, her experience in working with the new team at McLaren, as well as sharing her thoughts on the rest of the season. So Emma, it's great to be chatting with you today. Now we're one race into the season, so how's life in Extreme E been so far? Yeah, it's it's a bit unusual, I guess, because uh, you know it happened so quickly after the end of the um, 2021 season, that the first event in February, and now we're kind of waiting to, to go again. So uh, yeah, it's it, it was great to finally get started and to be like you say a full time driver with McLaren. Uh, yeah, it, it's great to know that we've got a, a you know a full season to to get that mileage under our belts and and keep building on our experience. Yeah, there are always really long breaks between the weekends, and it's not like Formula E, for example, where it's sort of one race after the other and you get wrapped up into the season for however many months. So. From a driver's perspective, how do you stay prepared for the rest of the season and, and what do you do in all the spare time in between the different races? Yeah, I mean, and that is one of the biggest challenges with the series is how little time we get driving. So, uh, you know, number one calendar, it's five events, like you said, you know, spread out over, over a year. Uh, so it does leave a lot of downtime. Uh, and for me, I'm, I'm lucky in that I also have a rally program based back here in New Zealand. So, um, I've been doing quite a bit of that driving uh, in four-wheel drive, you know, on gravel roads kind of thing. And, and I mean, all seat time is, is good seat time, but it nothing quite prepares you for, for what extreme E is. Uh, so, you know, the, the unpredictability of the terrain that we race on, plus racing wheel to wheel, I think, you know, being able to do some rally cross, I think that'd be a really nice sort of fit in with the, with the kind of um, racing that extreme E is. Yeah, you just touched on Rallycross and the other rally programs you were involved in just there. Now, for anyone listening to this podcast that might not be totally familiar with your background and your career, could you just give us a bit of an overview of your experiences and, and how you've ended up where you are today in Extreme E? Yeah, so I've been rallying for, for quite a long time now. Um, gosh, probably just about 20 years, I think it is. So I started as a navigator and that was how I sort of got my taste of, of motorsports. So um, sitting in the co-driver's seat and then finally had a go at driving and uh, absolutely fell in love with the sport and, and became addicted to it. So couldn't get me out of the driver's seat and, and back into the passenger one if you tried. Uh, and then, you know, from that, I've been, I've, I've rallied all over the world, uh, done um, different WRC events, never done a full um, world championship calendar, but done uh, lots of New Zealand championships here. Uh, I finished runner up in the Asia Pacific Rally Championship uh, a few years ago and, and runner up in New Zealand uh, several times. I uh, drove for a works team in the um, Red Bull Global Rallycross Series in America in 2014, which was a, an amazing um, taste of supercars and, and rallycross. And then 
2015, uh, I won a worldwide search um, for learning about cross-country rallying. So it was a whole lot of drivers and co-drivers from around the world, female drivers and co-drivers. We got to learn about um, cross-country rallying in the um, sand dunes of Qatar. And that was from Jutta Kleinschmidt and uh, Fabrizia Pons. So that was a really amazing experience. Uh, and from winning that, I then got to do some cross-country rallying in Europe as well. So uh, yeah, quite a varied uh, motorsport uh, path, but uh, all of those kind of different motorsports that I've done, I think lend themselves really well to what I'm now learning and facing with Extreme E. And what was the main motivation for joining Extreme E? And what was it that initially attracted you to the series? I mean, from a motorsport perspective, there's probably nothing like it out there. You're racing in all these amazing places in a format like no other, but also, there's a big sustainability element to the series. So was there a main reason for you wanting to join or was it a, a split between a few of them? Oh, it, yeah, it, it was. Uh, I think when I first heard about Extreme, I thought it was that far into the future. It was like a video game. Like I didn't actually think it was going to be real because, uh, you know, even just starting off with having a male and female driver with equal driving duties inside the car, like no other sports done that, like definitely no motorsport and, and no other sports as well, where, you know, I, for me, I've, I've had lots of really cool opportunities by being a female in motorsport, but probably never that equal opportunity where, you know, you're just as important as, as the male on the team. So it's really, um, you know, that's, that's something that's fantastic to be part of. Then the fact that it is a brand new kind of motorsport with world-class drivers, like you've got so many world championships um, amongst the field with, you know, the likes of Carlos Sainz and Sebastian Loeb and Johan Christofferson, all of these, you know, amazing drivers lining up on the start line. So you're then competing in electric vehicles, which is the future of motorsport and, and what's happening. So, I mean, there's just so many cool things about Extreme E that it's, yeah, it's hugely exciting to be part of. I think that's such an important element to Extreme E. You know, the fact that the driver teams are split between male and female. And to be honest, I think a format like that should have been in mainstream motorsport for, for years and years ago. So it's great to see that Extreme E has, has gone that way and, and championed female drivers. And I mean, I spoke to Katie Munnings a, a few weeks ago and she said that that was probably one of the biggest factors for her wanting to take part in the series. And I mean, yes, it's a great new, exciting format of motorsport and it's amazing from an environmental standpoint as well. But to put women front and centre of one of the fastest growing motorsports, it's, it's just massive, isn't it? Oh, it is massive. And, it, and it's one of the best things that's happened for women in motorsport uh, in recent times. Uh, exactly like Katie herself just touched on, you know, for, for women to be there, you know, equal, equal footing. You know, it's not like we're just there to make up the numbers. We're as important as the male drivers in the team. So, yeah, no other motorsports done that, and it's and it's basically I think uh, showing how well it can be done and how successful it is, and and how much more I suppose it it, it opens it up to a larger audience. I think um, you know especially for young kids watching at home, seeing males and females compete equally in motorsport is is really exciting. Yeah, one hundred percent. And now just to focus on this season a little bit, obviously you're representing McLaren in its first ever season in Extreme E. And obviously with that, it means you'll be working with a whole new team. So how has that been and, and how have you found working with everyone so far? Oh, I mean, they're a fantastic team. Uh, obviously, everyone is is very, very good at what they do. So uh, it's it's so cool to be uh, you know, working with um, you know, a team that just has such... Uh, so much experience on hand and, and whatever they do, you know, they do it to their absolute best. Uh, we, we've done, we did a bit of testing together at the end of last season. So 
uh, when we went into the first event uh, this year in Saudi, we had some experience of working together, but it was a very big learning curve for us in, in Saudi because there was a lot of people within the team that had never, they may have gone along and watched some of the rounds last year, but hadn't actually been hands-on, you know, working with the, with the race weekend and how it um, and how it went. So it was a very big learning curve, but, you know, the team, with all the preparation we did, um, we definitely came in as, as well prepared as we could be. And, and I think we executed it really well, like to get through to the final. And our first uh, weekend competing together was was a really great effort. And it was just a bit sad how it all ended. <laughs> and just a little bit on your teammate as well, Tanner. I wanted to talk about him briefly because I watched the first race of the season in Saudi and I saw a couple of interviews with him and he seems like such an amazing character. So what's it like to be working alongside someone like that? Uh, he's he's hilarious. He's like, he, it's not just for the camera. He is genuinely lovely um, all the time. You know, he's, he's great fun to be around. Uh, very entertaining. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's a lovely guy. But alongside all of that, he's got a huge amount of experience, uh, especially with the off-road racing, with his drifting. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of wealth of, of knowledge there for me to call on and, and for us to work together. So, uh, you know, it's, I think it's, we're a really strong combination together. Yeah, absolutely. And when you just touched on Saudi there, obviously it didn't end the way you would have wanted it to after what seemed like a really great start to McLaren's life in Extreme E. And as you said earlier, this, you only get limited seat time in Extreme E. So when you take that weekend in Saudi, what are some of the, the main lessons you and the team have, have come away with? Yeah, I think, you know, the difficulty where we tested with the car, it wasn't as high a speed as, as what we raced at Saudi. And, and again, that's just the limitations of, of you know, because of the, the nature of the series, we don't have unlimited testing. We have very, very small amounts of time that we get to drive the vehicle. So, you know, to, to jump in with what we did with the, um, the setup we had with the, the limited testing time, I, I think we did, did well, but we obviously learned a lot more from, you know, from the laps that we did uh, in competition. So, uh, I mean, the, the next round will be different again. So it's uh, it's going to be adapting the car again. And, and, you know, from our debrief from the event, there's, you know, there's all the little things that we can work on and improve on. But, uh, you know, that's, I think that's one of the hardest things about the series is just how little seat time you get, you know, like all in all, I think I did maybe four laps, you know, for that whole weekend, which, you know, it's not a lot of time to familiarise yourself along with the track, you know, changing each time you go out. So uh, it is very challenging. Now, I suppose that's not ideal from your point of view, but for a spectator, I think that's what makes Extreme E so exciting and so unique. The whole format feels like really raw and a pure form of racing. And I mean, I was fortunate enough to be able to go to the final weekend of the season in Dorset last year. And the whole atmosphere to Extreme E feels like everyone is sort of learning as they go along. The fans are learning about the sport and, and the circuits and the cars are all brand new to all of the drivers. And I suppose that's all part of the magic of Extreme E, isn't it? Correct. Yeah, you've, you've definitely uh, yeah, summed it up well there. I think you know, quite often uh, the drivers are as surprised as the spectators at home watching as to what happens. So you know, that makes for great feeling. And, and I think that's what's you know, really cool about the Extreme E series is they haven't taken an existing form of motorsport and you know electrified it and made it male and female they've taken something completely new and and made it and it, and it's it's short sharp racing it's exciting you don't have to invest you know your whole afternoon in to to see what happens and results you know it all it all happens pretty quickly and and I think you know we really saw in Saudi how uh, competitive all of the teams are so really anything could happen come a race weekend 
Yeah, you just touched on how competitive the teams are. And one thing I did notice when I was in Dorset last season was that Extreme E has a really big sort of community feel to it, even amongst some of the teams and the drivers. So do you get to spend much time with, with the other teams and do you get along with them? Because it feels like there is a really positive atmosphere around the sport. Yeah, it's it's a wonderful atmosphere inside the pits. I think I think the nature of it in that we're going to these remote locations and that we uh, you know we have the, the communal uh, catering areas with our um, portable you know uh, picnic uh, you know cups and sauces and all that sort of thing. Um, you know it keeps it pretty uh, down to earth, I guess. But I think we also all of all of us appreciate that uh, we're kind of at the frontier of it, you know, and we, we know that things have to change and be adaptable. And, and so we're all pretty, um, you know, have that respect for, for what each driver is up against. You know, I think, you know, when something's a bit more established, you sort of know what you're in for. But I think with Extreme E, we're all kind of learning at the same rate. So you have a real um, empathy for your, your fellow drivers, just knowing how hard it is out there with the limited seat time, the limited track time. Um, you know, you, you you sort of have that appreciation for each other's efforts. Yeah. And I just wanted to touch on your goals and McLaren's goals for the season. Now, are your sights firmly set on going for the championship or considering it's your first full season and McLaren's first full season in Extreme E? Is it more about sort of finding your feet, learning about the series and, and almost preparing for next season in a way? Uh, I think we're realis realistic and in, in understanding that, you know, it's, it's a tough ask coming in a season down on the rest of the field in a, in a very competitive field as well. But McLaren's heritage, you know, we're, we're here to win. We, we're not here just to, to make up the numbers, but, you know, we also understand that it's, it's going to take a bit of learning and, and that we're going to be, um, you know, learning as we go. So we've definitely got our, our eyes on that top step of the podium, but understand that that's going to be a, you know, a, it's going to be a, a, a learning curve this year as part of it. Absolutely. And now just looking ahead to the rest of the season, obviously we're one race down now after the weekend in Saudi and we have four more events left for the rest of the year. So when you look at that calendar, which events sort of stand out to you the most and which ones are you really looking forward to? Uh, I really enjoyed Sardinia last year when we were there. Uh, I don't know how similar the course will be, but uh, if, it, if it sort of has you know remnants of, of what the course was like last season, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed my um, time there with Falocci. Uh, you know, the other events, uh, you know, Senegal, if that's um, similar to where they had it last year, I mean, that looked quite challenging with the, the dunes and everything. I didn't drive it, but you sort of got an idea of what it was like. And then obviously the last two events, I don't know what it'll be like. So, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to, to traveling to those parts of the, of the world. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's what's so exciting about Extreme You can't really go and, um, you know, do laps and laps on a simulator understanding what you're in for you've sort of got to be as best prepared as you can with the little bit of knowledge that you get okay perfect and now just to finish things up i did just want to put you on the spot a little bit here and i apologize in advance for this but as someone who is right in the thick of it with extreme e how would you explain the series to someone who has perhaps never experienced it before and what's your best sales pitch for extreme e uh well, I mean, summing it up is it's a it's a brand new uh, race series that's uh, traveling to remote parts of the world that have never seen uh, motor racing or probably live sport of any kind. Uh, there's no uh, proper race tracks as such. We're racing across country on fully electric vehicles with a male and female driver. Uh, probably to sum it up, though, I think you know as a few of my friends have commented that um, if you didn't have a sense of the scale, it would be like you're watching 
remote control like off-road buggy things because they look so uh, far out there when they're racing side by side. Um, you know, anything can happen and it's short, sharp, it's exciting racing and uh, yeah, it's, it's always action. That's all for this episode. Many thanks for listening. And if you liked it, then please do check out all our other episodes and be sure to subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts from to make sure you get every single episode as soon as it's released. For daily news coverage, features and much more, you can also head over to evpowered.co.uk. Thanks once again for listening and we'll see you on the very next episode of the Everything EV podcast.